got some hand raising. Man, it is a joy to be with y'all this morning. Whether you are in person or you are on the Book of Faces, you're on the World Wide Web, the internets, wherever you are today, it is a joy for us to be together. Um, my name is Johnny Russell, and I get to serve as an elder uh, at the South Campus. And so Warren had talked about these deacon and elder nominations that are, talk that are coming up. We actually have two weeks for those nominations. He said June 26, he meant July 26. So just to clear that up. My desire is for this message today to bring you hope. Um, gosh, we need hope today, right? We need hope today in our in our wild world my desire is that message would um would bring you life that it would bring you power and we're going to hear about power and then i desire for this message to bring you love and we're going to hear about love today this is so i'm kind of stepping in the middle of a sermon series from the book of ruth and Ricky has spoken, has preached from two weeks from Ruth. I'm going to do what we call a one-off. I'm a fill-in. And so last week's message was titled, The Best is Yet to Come, right? The Best is Yet to Come. And so I didn't have really a, a, a title prepared for my message until I watched Ricky's service. And so my title for today is, The Best Can Be Today. The best can be today. You don't have to wait for the best to come. The best actually can be today. Oswald Chambers says that prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Let me rewind that and play that back for you. Oswald Chambers says that prayer does not prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And I believe that. I believe that today that prayer is the greater work. Back in the 1900s, remember those days? Back in the 1900s, 20 years ago, um, I came on staff with Young Life. Young Life is a worldwide mission organization introducing adolescents to Jesus Christ and helping them grow in their faith. 10 years ago, we moved to Tyler and Young Life had started, they didn't start this because we moved to Tyler, but it was at that time when they started a twice a year day of prayer. A mission-wide, global mission-wide day of prayer that we were going to beg God for his will. We were gonna beg God for his favor and we were gonna pray for extravagant growth in a mission, both locally then regionally, then divisionally, then nationally, and then around the world. Young Life is a global ministry, over 100 companies, in, companies countries, impacting two and a half million teenagers across our planet. And so we were going to take these two days to beg Jesus for his favor and for his goodness and his will and his growth. And after I had done two of these days of prayer, this was a monumental time for me. It, it, it planted something deep inside of me where it changed my prayer life forever. I would say, obviously, I mean, uh, not obviously, maybe not obviously, but I would pray um, before this time, before 10 years ago. Uh, and I don't know that, I don't know if they were baby prayers or 
what that was, but um, I think I believed them. But after this time, I said, this has to be a non-negotiable in my life, a scheduled calendar event. And so I started praying uh, every Wednesday for one hour that it was in my calendar, 12 to one, it was a non-negotiable. And I, I literally thought, I thought, Man, I'm going to put this hour, this hour of power in my calendar. I'm going to invite my friends. I'm going to invite my young life leaders, my donors, my committee, my church friends. This is going to be a revival season because of this hour that I'm committing to Jesus. As it turns out, an hour of prayer really freaks Christians out. It, it, people don't know what to do with an hour of prayer. And they're like, but like, so when you get together, what do you do? And we pray. Yeah, like, like for an hour, or what, what do you say? We pray. We beg God. We read his scripture. And for three years, I did that by myself. People thought, I mean, I just thought people would come and there was a smattering, a sprinkling of people that would come every now and again. And so I got to a point where I said, man, I really believe in this. I'm just going to start hiring people because if you hire people, they have to come and be a part of what you are doing. And so the Lord really took that and changed the trajectory of my life and I think of the local ministry and the regional ministry of Young Life here in Texas. And for me, maybe y'all have ever, y'all have heard of, have, have y'all heard of the, the love languages, the five love languages? We like to give love like these certain love languages and then we like to receive a love language. I am that I like to receive. I don't say I like to receive it. I need to receive words of affirmation. I'm a words of affirmation kind of guy from, from y'all, from my family, from my bosses. I need to receive words of affirmation. But there's also this really fine line, this, this one point fine line that if I'm honest, you, whenever someone says that, by the way, you should always say, thank you for being honest. Let's try it. If I'm honest, oh, look at that crowd participation all day. If I'm honest, I'm a glory thief. I'm a glory thief because you know what? In the darkest recesses of my heart, I love praises. I love accolades. But you and I, we were not created for that kind of glory. We were not created for that kind of praise. And if you're like me, you can, um, your people can say these things to you in your head. Of course, not in public, not in public. But man, when you're off in a room by yourself, your head's getting big, your chest is puffed out, and you think, man, I am the man and a bag of chips and a bag of chips. I can tell you in public, I was going to be, no, 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 no. But way down here, this little hand is going, feed me. Feed me because I can be a man who needs words of affirmation, but in the dark, sinful parts of my heart, I am a glory thief. Last week, Michael sang a song. Actually, he, he opened up last week's service with a song speaking about Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. 
that's where we're going to be today. And this single prayer has changed my entire prayer life, has changed my entire prayer life. And really, it has, has allowed that, that very thin line between words of affirmation and a glory thief, it continues to widen that line. It continues to widen that line. I've been praying this prayer, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, every week for nine years now. And I figured, man, today, your best can be today. Today is why, I, mean, I figured, why not, why not preach it today? I've been studying it for nine years, and so today's the day. Today is the day. This prayer invites Jesus this prayer, Paul's prayer for the Ephesians invites Jesus into all things to use us in ways that we are not capable of doing in our own strength. This prayer invites Jesus into all things to use us in ways that we are not capable of doing in our own strength. Many would claim that Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, is Paul's crown of all of his writings. Now, don't shoot me. I know with a, a Dallas seminary church that we are, many would claim it probably rivals Romans or Romans is untouchable. But some would claim that Ephesians is the crown of all of Paul's writings, definitely of his epistles. And so I love this incredibly deep epistle. This epistle has six chapters. It's really broken right down the middle into two sections. The first three chapters is going to be about doctrine, about the calling of the church. And the last three chapters are going to be about application, the conduct of the church. And so Paul has five prayers in his epistles Two of them are found in the book of Ephesians, and that's where we're going to be this morning. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you through his spirit by, what is it? That he, let me, hold on, I thought I had it memorized. I did, let me back it up. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then y'all ready for this? Verse 20, it says, now to him, now to him who is able, your best can be today. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
Amen, right? Come on, man, that should invigorate, that should invite, that should enliven your soul. Paul's prayer for the Ephesians will blow your hair back. Let us pray. Father, thank you for um, your word. God, thanks for your word being alive, for it being active. God, thanks for it being invigorating. Thanks for your word being inviting today. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. And so Paul, right here in verse 14, we see these three words. He says, for this reason, if you look back to chapter 3, verse 1, he actually says the same three words. He says, for this reason, in verse 1 and verse 14, basically verse 14 through 21 is him picking up from his original thought in verse 1. Paul had gotten sidetracked. He had gotten sidetracked by talking about the mystery of the gospel. And that is why Paul is kneeling. His, his kneeling expresses this deep emotion, this reverence for the gospel, the greatness of God. And that's what it should do. That's what it should do, this invitation of the gospel, that it should cause us to bow down to our saving king. Paul had a heart for the Ephesian church and he desired to see them be used by God. Ephesians teaches this, this mystery of the gospel, this invitation of all people that is calling Jewish believers and even Gentile believers to come together as one. We think we have race relations. This is nothing new. This is a thousands of year old issue. There have been race relations all over and the solution is obviously is gonna be Jesus. And I think it's Jesus through Paul's prayer to the Ephesians that is inviting us into live out of this power, to live out of this love, this invitation to become one as the body of Christ. And so man, it is awesome to be here. This is going to be demonstrated for their love for one, and on, one another. And honestly, thank you for being honest. Thank you for, gosh, thank you. If I, honestly, if I'm to be honest, man, these things, these things, they're not in my heart on my own accord. Love is not in my heart on my own accord. This, this, this. Thing that's causing our great division that is in I think in all of our hearts in these deep recesses this glory thief that I talked about man we have to fight we have to widen that divide between our sinful nature and God getting the glory in the Greek text, in the Greek text, this book of Ephesians, I'm a journalism major, um, grammar is very important to me. I think grammatical errors are a riot, by the way, that was free, that kind of stuff is free. You know, you drop in a comma, or leave a comma out, it changes everything, people, changes everything. Paul was a master of the run-on sentence. Ephesians 6 chapters. I didn't add up all of the verses. I'm not great at math. Uh, but the, all six chapters were only, in the original Greek text, eight sentences. I mean, Paul, he was like just 
blah, just verbal vomiting, throwing down the book of Ephesians. It's really amazing. And so Paul is going to pray that not only do these Jewish believers and these Gentile believers and the invitation to come together would be a knowledge. You heard him talk about this knowledge or this, this love that surpasses knowledge that's going to blow your mind, that's going to blow your hair back. He's not only going to want you to know that, he's going to want you to experience that, and that is the invitation. So let's, let's go back to Ephesians 3, verse 14 through 21 and unpack it. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. We're going to pause right there. This is the first little sprinkling of the Trinity that is going to be in this a really epic passage. So we're going we're gonna to kick it off with God the Father. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. God is our Father. God is our Creator. It is from him and through him that all things, that angels and humanity are one family under the fatherhood of God. And we have been given great design and you and I have been given great purpose. You and I have been given great purpose. Verse 16 and 17a says, I pray that out of, now I love this. Man, this, 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 these two verses right here is, is an amazing invitation. God inviting you into what he wants to do through you today. That maybe you've heard the term teamwork makes what? Exactly. Teamwork makes the dream work. Man, if there's someone to have on your team, if you want to be on someone's team, it's going to be, you want to have Jesus on your team. And he's going to also talk about some other folks that we get lumped into their team if we want to follow hard after Jesus. Verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Man, that is a strong passage right there. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen that he would uh, that you would be strong to overcome resistance, and he's going to strengthen you with power. This is the first of three times that he's going to mention this word power in the journalism world. As a journalism major, that's called redundancy. You repeat things, you're redundant so that you can hammer your point into what you want people to know. Paul is going to be bold in praying for God's power. Are we bold in praying for God's power today? This dynamic living power through the Holy Spirit. Again, we don't have to muster up anything on our own. We don't have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We don't have to find the courage and it's down there somewhere. Say, man, you invite the power. You invite the Holy Spirit into this. 
and he's going to reside in your inner being. But it's hard. It's hard, man. We live in a world that wants to beat us down. Man, you can watch the television. You can watch the social media. You can listen to talk radio. And it is depressing. It is brutal. It, it will steal your joy. That will steal your joy. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.16, Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly, right? Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Man, are we inviting Jesus into our life today? The best can be today. And as a journalism guy, you, you want to, you know, read a story, write a story with the typical W's, right? And the H, like who, what, when, where, and how, right? You know those things. And so we're going to see how this takes place in verse, second, in verse 17. So that Christ, Christ is the who and the why, so that he may dwell. Where is he going to dwell? He's going to dwell in your hearts. And how is he going to do that? He's going to do that through faith so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We are to let Jesus become the dominating factor in our attitudes and our conduct. We let Jesus become the dominating factor in our attitudes and conduct. And, and, and honestly, thank you for being honest. Uh, and honestly, if I'm to be honest, uh, man, I find that, uh, the place I find that hardest, which you would not think it, but the place I find it hardest for Jesus to be the dominating factor in my attitude and conduct is going to be in my home. And it's almost easier for me to be here, to be in the world, to be in the lost world where I know there's a great need, where I know they're lost, where I know they're dying, where I know they're going to be separated from a living God for all of eternity. And I'm on my A game. But if I'm vulnerable with y'all, then I would say, man, I struggle with that in my home. And I want to confess that to you. Verse 17b, the second part of 17, he's going to bust out. Paul's going to bust out and he's going to say, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. It's the second time may have power together with all the saints. Ooh to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I mean, <laughs> the, these verses, are you can swim here for years, the depth in these verses, Paul continues his prayer that you and I would be rooted like a plant and established a foundation like a building in love. 
the participles rooted and established um, are in the perfect tense, indicating a past action, something that has been accomplished, but it has continuing results. It has results for today, but it has continuing results for in the future. And you may be asking yourself, why would Paul want us to be rooted and established in love? It's that second power, right? So that we would have power, this, this, um, this dynamic living power that comes from the Holy Spirit and dwells in our inner being. That we would have this power together with all the saints, right? <laughs> if there's a company to be residing with, if there's someone you can be thrown into a, 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 a battle with, it's, a, it's Hebrews 11, right? The, the hall of faith chapters, all of these giants of the faith. And Paul's inviting you through the power of the Holy Spirit in your inner being to reside, to grasp with the saints, along with the saints, to grasp, man, to cling, to hold on to, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And do you know this love today? Are you grasping this love today? Are you dwelling in this love today? Man, I, I, if, if you're dwelling on the television, if you're dwelling on the social media, if you're dwelling on the talk radio, honestly, if you're dwelling anywhere besides the word of God, you are erring towards the way of the world, right? I mean, there, this, the world is not giving us life. Life is going to be found in Christ and Christ alone. Reminds me of Romans, this um, Paul's prayer here of the, the wide and the long and the high and deep of Romans 8, 38, 39, right? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, neither uh, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So if nothing is going to be able to separate us from that, he's inviting us into to come and to dwell, to come and hang out there, to come and chill or chillax with God. Why would Paul desire us this for us? To know this love this love that is wider, longer, higher, deeper, this love that will, this love of God that we can never be separated from us so that we can know this love that surpasses knowledge. Because if this is the world, the, the, the television, the social media, if this is the world, it will mess your mind up. It will mess your mind up. You will start, if you're like me, it, it'll, 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 it'll change your day if you listen to this voice over here. And Paul's inviting us into this thought that going, more than that, more than your brain, 
more than your knowledge can understand. That's how much God loves you. That's the invitation that he wants you to come and to be a part of, for you to grasp, for you to dwell in this. Why? So that you will be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Man, are you full of God today? Or is it just your hand? Are you full of God today? Or is it just your lower body? Are you full of God today? Today that Paul is inviting us into these things. It's like, wow. Wow. It is only in Jesus that we are made complete. Though this divine fullness is ideally every believer's right paul prays that this is not only going to be known because our thoughts man my, i don't know about your thought but my thoughts are cray cray right i mean if i'm not as paul says in second corinthians 10 5 i believe it is that if i'm not taking captive my thoughts and making them obedient to jesus christ i'm derailed in seconds in seconds seconds after spending that hour on a wednesday in prayer i can be gone lights out tko i'm done by my thought life it will mess you up paul not only wants us to know this but it to surpass this knowledge and for you and i to experience this love and to experience this power Verse 20, verse 20, we are about to see, we're about to read uh, such an, I don't, I don't know if I can say this about God's word, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, such an, um, such an audacious prayer, such an arrogant prayer, such an incredible prayer from Paul. I would go as far as to say it is a humongous prayer. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, here's the teamwork, here's the invitation, here's the dream work, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen is that not an outrageous prayer an outrageous invitation like are you kidding me immeasurably more than all we ask or that all we imagine god can do that can he? I mean, can he? Paul is sure praying that. And I believe and I have known and I have seen miraculous things take place over this past 10 years because of God's immeasurable goodness, his immeasurable grace, his immeasurable bounty in and through his people. And again, this isn't for us. This is for him this is for his glory in Christ Jesus and in the church <laughs> well, I mean wow what a prayer 
And when you pray this prayer and invite Jesus into all things, this has been a game changer for me. Remember what I talked about? I said, uh, uh, if I'm going to be honest with you, Oh, there it is. We finally got a Felton in the house in the grandstands and the nosebleed. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I said I'm a glory thief. But when I started praying this prayer, it widened that gap. And it has made this struggle <clears throat> between being a words of affirmation guy and wanting to steal God's glory. It has made that nearly impossible. Because when people give you praises, you receive those praises and you hand it off. You receive those blessings and you hand it off. You receive those encouragements and you hand it off because once again, you and I were not created to handle those kind of glory and blessing and those are designed or supposed to be given to the Lord because it is for his glory in Christ Jesus and the church. Man, so here is my challenge for us today. We are called, as believers, we are called to be his witnesses, his testifiers, his active participants, this non-anxious presence in a struggling world. You and I have this peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We shouldn't be all worked up. We shouldn't be living life you know, why? Like, uh, well, I don't know what's going on. That's not who we are. So the first question is, is how are we as believers, how are we allowing this power and this love of Jesus because of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in your inner being? How are you allowing this power and this love to be worked out, to be shown, to seep out through the very fibers of your body, to be the aroma of Christ as his hands and feet in a dying world. How are you doing that? Are you doing that? And man, you want to get even crazier? Ask your family, how do you see Jesus in me? I mean, there are questions that we're scared to ask our family if you're like me, because they might tell you the truth. Ask your coworkers, ask people in your neighborhood, how do you see Jesus in me? Do you see the power of God in me? Do you see the love of Christ in me seeping out? Am I the aroma of Jesus in my community today? That's the first challenge. I want you to know that you and I, we serve a God of the impossible. Amen? Amen? We serve a God of the impossible. And, and they sang today, today there's nothing my God cannot do. There's, no, there's nothing my God cannot do. Do we believe that? I don't know that the church believes that. I don't know that believers believe that. That we serve a God of the impossible and there's nothing today that my God cannot do. There just isn't. And so if that's true, if we serve a God of the impossible, if we serve a God of the immeasurable, if we serve a God of the incomparable, what kind of prayers are you praying today? 
Are your prayers like verse 20? Are your prayers immeasurable? Are your prayers impossible? Are your prayers incomparable? And if all of your prayers were answered this morning or last week or the month of July, because that was last week, the month of June, would the world be different? Or would your dog just uh, not have his cough? Would you just not have pain on your hangnails? Like, are our prayers, are they world-changing prayers? Are they measurable prayers? Are they impossible prayers? Are they incomparable prayers? That's the invitation of Paul right here in this extravagant prayer to the Ephesians. Man, I look back upon my life and I'm grateful for all that he has done from my marriage to my kids to my vocational ministry. It, it truly is only because of Jesus, only by his grace and only in his power and only through his love. And he invites you and he invites me today. The best can be today. He invites us to join him. Do you know Jesus? Do you know this kind of extravagant Savior, this God of power, this God of love? Not do you know the church, not do you know <clears throat> religion, not do you know morality, not do you, are you this party, your voting party? Do you know Jesus? Have you come to a saving knowledge, a place in your life where you have known your sin is real and it is sending you to hell? Do we know that? Man, you and I serve a living God. We serve. My life was radically changed when I was in college, when I met a guy in my dorm who lived out this kind of faith. And it changed the trajectory of my life and my family's life. My family was radically changed because of that. Because of a living God longing to be worked out his power, his love through you as the body of Christ. Man, gets me fired up, church. Gets me fired up. Let us... Give the Lord a hand and let us pray. Father, thank you, um, Lord, for your word, your scripture. It, again, it's invigorating, it is inviting, and we welcome it and we need it today, Father. Would your Holy Spirit, would it give us power together with all the saints, Lord, to grasp that we may be strengthened for your glory. Gotta pray for anyone here that, that is wrestling with these words that have been said. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I know that power. I don't know if I know that love. I don't know if I've had that kind of heart change. I've been in church my entire life and I've never experienced that, Lord. I pray that they would invite you into their lives today. God, the Holy Spirit 
would come and dwell in their inner being so that in their hearts they may be strengthened through faith today. They would know your glorious riches. They would grasp and they would dwell in your love. God, you are good and your love endures forever, God. Thank you for this morning. It's in your name that I pray. Thank you, church. I want to send y'all out with a benediction from Numbers, the invigorating, the gripping book of Numbers, right? <laughs> Numbers 6. It's a, um, this, this priestly blessing. Numbers 6, 24 through 26 say, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within you, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Bless you, Bethel Hope. Cue the music.